Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. Hello there. I'm really thrilled to be here today with my guest, Martika Wiley. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I want to give our audience a little bit of information about Martika, and then we'll, of course, jump right into our story. Uh, she's an author, a podcaster, and a grief counselor. And her path to become a grief counselor became clear sometime after she wrote her book, Having Fun with God. We'll make sure the links are available for you to be able to buy her book. And on that, it's an autobiographical, good Lord, I can't <clears throat> need a new tongue this morning. An autobiographical journey about death, loss, and how she handled grief that transcended into peace of mind. Part of that statement, I think, is so important uh, for this podcast. I'm, I'm really quite honored that you chose to spend some time with us today. And as I usually do, I want my guests to simply jump into your story. You can start at the beginning, in the middle, wherever makes sense to you. Having fun with God, that's quite a title. Yeah, yeah, it is quite a title. It's uh, actually the title came to me. I um, I guess most of the book I could tell you was channeled. Um, it was I was just kind of compelled to start writing one day, and um, I noticed that it was really great healing, and uh, you know, just talking about some of the things that had happened. Um, when my cousin Nikki committed suicide, she she hung herself. Um, I found her. And uh, well, there was four of us in the house, but I was the one that, you know, found her. And um, I never did get counseling after that. Um, well, because I had gone through counseling for before, because I had several deaths be before her death. And so I just took off to the Bahamas for a couple of years because I was born there, but I was raised in Canada. And I'd always wanted to go back and learn more about, you know, my father's side of the family and that part of my culture. And so that seemed to be a perfect time. And so I just, you know, forgot about all of that and just, you know, got to know the people there and the culture and the food and the weather. And I loved it and um, yeah. thought about, you know, buying some property and building a, a home for when I retire one day. And um, I don't know, I just, uh, you know, ended up coming back to Canada because of all the hurricanes that were coming more and more fierce and I, I would say to my, you know, family down there, I said, you know, hurricanes, uh, you know, the blizzards don't scare me as much as the hurricanes. I can, I can yeah. get through a blizzard okay. You know, you could survive a blizzard, no problem. But hurricanes, there's something different. And yeah. I, I got really scared, you know, when oh, yeah. Hurricane Francis came through. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was scary. So long story short, I did move back to Canada and then uh, about maybe a year after I moved back, I, that's when I started writing about finding Nikki and all that. And then it just kind of flowed into more. So, um, but yeah, I realized it was great healing. And oh, so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you said you didn't go to therapy, but in fact, by writing, mm -hmm. you had therapy. Mm -hmm. It was the best therapy too, because I considered absolutely. it and I kind of went through all the different counselors and psychologists that I went to. And I thought, well, kind of been there, done that. Not that that's, yes. you know, as a grief counselor, I'm not trying to say you don't need grief counseling. Definitely, you know, you do, but, um, I just kind of felt like I needed more. I needed more. Right. Um, so um, the writing was huge. And of course, I always turn to the to spirit, God, yeah. you know, all the time now. And um, but yeah, it was quite the journey. It was quite, you know, really getting to know myself, loving myself, uh, getting out of a relationship I didn't want to be in at the time. So it was a saving grace writing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's a common thread is learning to love oneself uh, through any kind of therapy. I think that's absolutely key. And I think that's, that's the, the one thing, if, if you take nothing else from this story today, I want you to take the fact that it's incredibly important to love yourself. Because for one, it's hard to love other people when you don't love yourself. Yeah, it's it's nearly impossible. You think you love somebody, but you don't, you know, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not that full commitment. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but you have more gratitude mm -hmm. when you love yourself and are much more likely to, you know, uh, stay out of trouble is not where I was going to go with that. It, it's more uh, be able to find the good every day when, when you have God in your life, when you have uh, love for yourself, then you have love for others. And, and that tends to give people more purpose. Mm -hmm. But I, I'd like us to go back to the beginning and uh, perhaps let's go back to how the story started because you have had an awful lot of tragedy for, for a very young person. And I believe it's molded you into the very empathetic person that you are. But let's share that with the audience where things started. Well, it, it started when my mother committed suicide when I was 15 years old. And of course, it was my first year of high school. I'm just starting to develop and, you know, get to, you know, you're, you're coming the young adult, you know, and, yeah. um, and of course, I could sense things weren't right at home. My stepfather was very abusive. You know, things weren't really good at home. School was my saving grace. I loved going to school because it was an escape from being at home. I hated being yeah. at home. <clears throat> so after she died, um, I went to move in with my aunt and uncle up north. And of course, my nana 
died two years after my mom died, I think, well, asthma attack, but it was more an emotional, you know, her daughter yes. up for help because we did try to get her help. But, you know, old school thinking is you're married, you stay married. You know, they're very Catholic. They didn't believe in divorce and, you know, you got to work it out. And so she was being told this quite a few times, even though it was mm. not a good situation. So I think that affected my Nana in an emotional way. And so then she passed yeah. away. And then, of course, uh, two years later, my grandfather followed because they were very close. It was a domino effect because then my yeah. uncle died a year after my grandfather yeah. died, but in a car accident. So wasn't it was very sudden. It wasn't expected. And then after my uncle died, I thought, oh, my God, that's like four family members in a short period of time. So I started to find my father and I hadn't seen my father since I was 13 years old. My father didn't even know my mother had passed. Oh. Yeah. When my stepfather asked me, do you want to, you know, contact your father? I said, no, because he would probably send me right back to the Bahamas. He said, okay, well, you're coming home with me. And I did not want to move to another country. And you know what I mean? Like that would have been way yeah. too much for me at that time. So I said no. And uh, so I was 23 when I'm, you know, try to find my father. And when I did find him, uh, cousin said, he, you know, we found your father, but he died two days ago. So I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. You know, I was, I had it out with the almighty, you know, cause I was yeah. suicidal after my mom died. I couldn't kill myself. I tried, but there was always some kind of divine intervention, which yeah. I'm very blessed. I'm very grateful for that now. But at the time I was not appreciative. I really just wanted to be, you know, go home, be with my mom. But um, so I was very reckless for a while for in my 20s and 30s, very reckless, um, you know, just kind of lived on the edge, uh, you know, risk taker, like, you know, I've already tried to kill myself so many times, what's going to happen, I could just, you know, yeah. do things that most people wouldn't do, like, oh, why would you go hitchhiking? Or why would you, um, you know, go, you know, um, I had, I can't remember what it was, but I was balcony hopping balcony hopping Ooh. on the 20th floor yeah <laughs> oh I know. so or bungee jumping at you know theme parks you know things like that that yeah. I normally wouldn't do I'm like yeah what's the worst that could happen I could die I'm like oh that's not so bad you know and that was my mindset yes yeah <laughs> yeah and I love the joyous smile you have on your face right now mm -hmm. because it shows me that, that that is so far in the past. You you have come light years from there and and are obviously at peace. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very much so. Um, I used to brag about it to my coworkers because you know, I'm single, I live by myself, I have pets, but I've never been so at peace because I, for the first time in my life, I realized I've never lived alone. I've always had family. I've always had roommates. I've always had boyfriends or spouses. Uh, I think I lived alone by myself a year and then I had my boyfriend move in. And that was when I was in my, when I was 20 years old, but I've never had this amount of time to really get to know me, to really figure myself out and to still love myself, put myself first, which is what a lot of great masters have been saying, love yourself first. But I noticed that, you know, started pissing people off. And I thought, if this is pissing people off that I'm loving myself first, then maybe I need to clean up my closet with some of my relationships, you know? 
And it's hard because every year my mom used to make me go through my closets and my clothes and toys every year. What aren't you wearing? What aren't you playing with? Put it in a box, yeah. donate it to somebody else that can use it. And I would like, oh, I'm still wearing that. Oh, I'm still playing with that. I didn't want to let anything go. And that was with things. So with, with people, it was even harder. Absolutely. And, yeah. So, but I knew that's what I had to do. That inner voice kept saying, you need to get rid of some of this baggage here. You're yeah. carrying too much. Yeah. So living alone and just keeping my own company and was addicted to online courses just to keep out of trouble. Yeah. Right. And so, but it's been, it's been great. It's been great. I feel like a five-year-old having your whole place to yourself and you know, there's no parents around. I could drink milk out of the container and no one can say that's disgusting. <laughs> no one's going to drink out of that, but I lived alone. Like, you know, there's, it didn't have company that much. And then of course, when COVID hit, it was just even more, of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we, yeah, then we, then we all went into alone. Yeah, alone time. And I thought, wow, I bet introverts everywhere are so enjoying this. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You can, uh, some of the comments on Facebook based on, you know, introverts have been preparing for COVID 19 for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's almost a relief for them yeah. to not have to go have, out yeah 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 it, it's uh it's quite interesting when when you look at it from the other perspective mm -hmm. because there you know so many people are not happy about being alone and what have oh, you yeah. but when you look at introverts it is it's a blessed relief to not have be forced into these big situations social, social situations and work situations like a lot of people had to work at yeah. home yeah. 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 So and it depends on how you look at a situation. I know there's a lot of yes. suicides in, in that right now because people are alone. And so, you know, I was caught in a rock and a hard place because I, you know, at the time was working in a nursing home. And so they were really paranoid about the staff being other other than that workplace, like home and you know, they just wanted you to go home and come back and no yeah. not socialize with anybody else. And but I had a friend who lived in the city, he lived alone, no pets. And I was really concerned about his mental health. So if yeah. he wanted to come up, I wouldn't say no. Yeah. And I thought if I got fired or whatever, I, I'm going to take the whatever, because it's a, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I, I couldn't, you know, cause people say, all oh, these people shouldn't be here, you know, the, you know, out of towners, everybody should stick to where they are, but. You don't know what people are going through. Should I, you know, let somebody Absolutely. be by themselves and have these thoughts? And then, you know, when I could have been there for them somehow, I don't know. And I would just talk to God all the time yeah. and ask for guidance because whatever everybody else was saying, it didn't matter. Like, you know, this is somebody's well-being life. I don't want to be, the, you know, responsible for not being in there and then that person's past. Absolutely. And the fact is, I think you have more empathy because you were suicidal. Mm -hmm. You know what those triggers are. You know what it is to have no regard for your own life. Mm -hmm. And people have, many people have been pushed because of the pandemic and because of, you know, co coming in and out of lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think we're actually blessed here in Canada more so than some other places. Mm -hmm. um, I have friends in Australia that are 
they're done. They're in lockdown number six mm. and, you know, really strict and they don't have access to the vaccines that we do. Mm. We're, we're quite lucky up here because we do have access. And I understand because of your work, because you worked with uh, elderly people, that you would be expected to have a more um, protective approach to them and you. Mm -hmm. and, and I get that. But that one person and following your heart, following mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. in reaching out and making sure that other person was okay, I think that kind of outweighs any possible detriment you you were being yeah. it doesn't certain. matter they would be saying well what if you bring it into the nursing home yeah that's that that yeah. was their concern and i say i get that but what if this person dies because they're alone oh my god yeah you know so you, you couldn't really win because they don't really know this person personally yeah. they know all the residents so anyhow i just i, you I know, think yeah i i think this is part of the problem right now is so many people are put in your situation where you have to choose because of where you work, because of uh, who else you're interacting with, because you know, you know someone is alone and you're reaching out to them because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have, you know, we have our little bubbles now and, and being able to, you know, bring someone into the bubble. I, I think it's critically important, even when you are, you know, on the front lines, even when you're in a position to uh, have to be more circumspect, I think it's still incredibly important to consider life and, and understand how precious, precious it is and how difficult it can be for some people right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And this and this is what inspired me to do the the podcast and this was before covid and so once covid hit it, it just because you know sometimes you have doubts and you're not sure yeah you're doing the right thing and life life is interesting because i believe spirit you know communicates with us all the time all the time through feel, feelings thoughts music uh <clears throat> the universe has been serenading me with songs sometimes i'll hear a song repeated and i know that is for me that message is for me and uh, it's a Colin James song. And I don't remember the title of the song, but the lyric goes, I just came back to say goodbye. I've been hearing that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> In certain situations, I just uh, yeah, right. Because I'm on the grow. Yeah, I can just keep growing, right? Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, when my grandchildren were small, because we live far away, I used to tell the eldest that whenever she saw a white butterfly it was because i was thinking of her mm. and they're very prolific mm. and it's you know to this day when i see a white butterfly all the growing kids go through my head mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very sweet those mm. little signs yeah when you little open signs. little signs yeah and and you know what and that's the thing they are so little most times we miss them i know i miss probably half of the signs that are there, but I do try to remember to remember to be in this moment and to see what's there because yeah. um, your thoughts, you know, spirit hears every single thought. Yeah. 
thoughts yeah. that you're going to think of tomorrow, it knows, you yeah. know, it knows everything. And so I always say, well, if you know everything, then I shouldn't ask for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. But you know what? That's the title of my book, Having Fun with God. And I'm having fun. God is having fun with me. It's a a working relationship. That's such Mm -hmm. a lovely way to put it. Mm -hmm. A a working relationship. Here's something else funny, Elaine, that you might might find humorous. So far, uh, I don't know what part of Canada you're in, but I'm in Ontario. Same here. Okay. Well, you know how our summers have been getting increasingly warmer with the climate change. Well, this year I decided to break down and get a air conditioner. And uh-huh. I had a feeling, and this is before I was wavering on getting it because, you know, they're not cheap. Uh, I thought, okay, if I get an air conditioner, it'll probably be a cool summer because that's God's humor. But then yeah. if I don't get an air conditioner, I'll be sweating my butt off and I'm going yeah. through the hot flashing now. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think of what would be worse, you know, not having it or having it. Yeah. Well, see, I decided to get it. I thought a cooler summer is better than, you know, sweating too much. I don't know. I just, I just felt responsible, (laughs) but at least we got a lot of rain because it'd been so dry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The forest fires were scary. So, cause we, you know, we've been experiencing that. It has been quite mercurial here in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we in the space of two days, we went from basically plus 40 Celsius to uh, seven degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I've noticed that. A lot of us have been noticing the t- uh, temperature drastically changing. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. it changes on a dime, and, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, all year long. It used to be... Calgary was good for that because in the winter they had the Chinooks and it would get nice and warm in the middle of the winter. Well, now it seems we're all getting the extreme warmth. Mm-hmm. Sadly, BC and where the bigger fires are, don't I don't think they get the humidity that we get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still a bit unnerving. <clears throat> oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely heartbreaking to think of the the loss of trees and and all the forests and animal yeah yeah yeah. i can't even stop to think about that because it just it hurts my heart so much you know from the the fires a couple of years ago in australia to to now and they're still going different parts of the world yeah 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 oh everywhere everywhere you know it's it's not good to have your head in sand but we are in trouble a friend of mine showed i know this is a bit off topic but she it was a it was a clip on tiktok it was a diver he was in the ocean minding his own business and a shark whooped by and he just happened to bend his head down and i and the shark was gonna go for his head but it was so quickly but that's not what i noticed in the video what i noticed was how murky the water was yeah. And I said, oh, my God, look at that water. I said, we're in trouble. And yeah. I guess it, I, I guess I just put a damper on a n- nice moment. But I just I couldn't ignore. I just couldn't ignore the obvious, you know, like the elephant is in the room farting up a storm and no one's saying anything. <laughs> that's, that's so well put. That is so well put. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's. I think it's really commendable that we're seeing 
this latest Gen Z is so much more globally aware mm -hmm. when it comes to the planet. You know, I'm a baby boomer. We were a generation of, of peace, love, and litter, I swear. Okay, we're, we're in such a different time now, and the younger generations that are coming along, we've, we've left them with this mess, but they already have their eyes open, and they're already, you know, open to, to working with and, and doing something about it. It's we have the solutions. We do, you know. Yes. It's just that the yeah. big companies, they don't want to lose out. they just been, they don't want to change. And you know what? Change is inevitable. It's inevitable. One thing I know for sure is that the spirit, God, Ja, Allah, whatever you want to call it, is greater than the 1%, greater than Big Brother, greater than, greater than greater. And that's where I have my faith because they could put fear into us daily with whatever's going on in the world. A lot of fear, fear, fear. But at the end of the day, faith, like what I've learned is that this spirit is greater, way greater. <clears throat> and yeah, so and just have faith. Living in fear is, it's not only not productive, but it's not healthy because you, you've got cortisol and things constantly roaming through your body when you're on edge like that, which is not what's meant to happen. Our emotions are meant to flow and go. And we're, you know, we're in a state now with the pandemic and everything else that it, it's put people in a constant state of fear. And everybody is basically on high alert all the time, which makes it very difficult. People who have faith have something to turn to, and that's wonderful. Other people need to find something that they can hold on to, to find some faith, to reach out uh, to others, because being alone with your thoughts can be the scariest place in the world. <clears throat> yeah, because thoughts become things. Absolutely. Yeah. So well said. Thank you for, for following that up. Yeah. yeah. I try to be mindful always of my thoughts. Uh, think about what it is that I want. Feed the, uh, feed the faith rather than the fear. And yeah, because it's so yeah. easy to get sucked back into that fear. It's oh, all yeah. over the place. And so yeah. I just, yeah, turn to music. It just turn it, tune it out, go within, talk to that little voice. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't listen to the news. My, my husband's very much into that. And it's like, well, if there's anything I need to know, he can tell me because I, I don't need that to, you know, interact with, with. It's, it's negative energy. You don't need it that. It is. It yeah. is. And, and I'm, I'm, all about being positive i'm all about finding the good and and you know being appreciative for every little thing that can sometimes be difficult it can sometimes get you in trouble uh and bottom line though i think it's incredibly important and having faith as you do has obviously stood you in good stead. It's brought you through all of those mm -hmm. dark tragedies and 
here you are before us. You've got your podcast, Grieving with Ease, and I just, I think you have a great path to follow, and I really look forward to seeing where you take the podcast and knowing that you're going to be doing grief counseling I I think is really quite wonderful because I've always said that doctors and nurses should spend 24 hours in a hospital being a patient so that they can get empathy for what a patient goes through you through no choice of your own, have gone through the worst things a person can go through. And you've come out the other side, this beautiful soul who's positive and looking to do service to give back, which I think proves that we can get through anything and having faith helps. And as you said, put faith before fear, mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. Martika, I am so thankful that you joined me here on the podcast. We will have all of Martika's information and her links and links to her book, Having Fun with God, uh, on the page with the podcast. I thank you again for being with me today. This really has been wonderful. And would you, is there something you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, yes. <clears throat> First of all, thank you so much, Elaine, for having me. This has been wonderful. I really enjoyed sharing. Um, the one thing I would say is after losing, if, for those of you that are grieving loss of whatever it is you're grieving, know this, that uh, God doesn't take away without giving back. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So on that note, I want everybody to make the very best of your today every day. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you on page one in the search results.